Welcome to the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine. UX introduces a simple formula for personal and business growth based around one principle. We can't solve big, valuable problems alone. Starting with this principle, UX equips and empowers us to pour ourselves into people and systems, scale authentically, and create a life of exponential freedom and impact. And now, let's get started with the latest episode of the UX Podcast. Hey, what's up, Rockstars? Matt Johnson. We're back again with a fantastic conversation. Paul Edwards is here. I was a guest on Paul's podcast a few months back, and I wanted to have him to talk on strategic relationships and how to actually turn the skill set of building relationships and connecting people to each other into uh, a, a monetizable asset, essentially. Like, how do you turn an introduction into something more where you actually get a piece of the upside and you actually make introductions to other people that affect the bottom lines of their business, like actually put profit into their pocket? So, Paul is a fellow kind of master connector. He's an international best selling author of Business Beyond Business. Uh, he's the host of Influencer Networking Secrets, which I've been featured on before, which you should check out. He's also getting interviewed all over the place. Uh, he is a mastermind founder as well. And so we talk a lot about just how do you build those types of relationships? How do you talk to successful people and get them to open up about what they're missing or what the gaps are in their life or their business that they might be open to filling by meeting somebody new who can, who can come in, uh, whether that's a commercial real estate deal or a, a potential like strategic partnership between two entrepreneurs. There's, there's a lot of uh, different situations where this opportunity can come up, this opportunity to make a strategic introduction and connect two people to, together. Uh, so we talk about how to uncover those opportunities. How do you have the conversation where you bring up the, the possibility of you having a piece of the upside? What value do you bring to that conversation? How do you have that? Uh, and we also talk about a bunch of other stuff relating to kind of the state of a little bit on the coaching and, uh, and fee structure and things like that, uh, and how that needs to be tied and grounded and rooted in actual ROI and the, the bottom line of, uh, of your customers and clients' businesses. So as always, a phenomenal conversation. You can check Paul out at thepaulsedwards.com. You can get his book on Amazon. You can get his uh, podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and the usual places. So without further ado, Paul Edwards. Paul, officially welcome to the U.S. Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. Great to be here. Yeah, so we we met through the the classic way that everybody meets nowadays. Well, how all the cool kids meet, which is podcasting. Uh, so yeah. you had me as a guest, a guest on your show. Uh, I, I I'm not sure how we uh, initially who or who struck up the conversation. I think we might have connected through LinkedIn. We both have kind of similar approaches to, to mm -hmm. people that way, uh, and then just kind of developed from there. We hit it off, and now you're here on this podcast, and uh, we'll probably exchange and pass guests, you know, uh, on each other's shows and stuff like that for the next several years, I'd imagine. Uh, so tell people, um, just a little bit, what's the, what's the main thing when you tell people what you do, you know, boil it down to 30, 60 seconds. Uh, what do you tell people? International bestselling author, host of the influencer networking secrets podcast and a, the architect of the business beyond business mastermind uh, which is a, a hybrid of a traditional mastermind along with an emphasis on discipleship, uh, particularly in the Judeo-Christian tradition, 
and also strategic partnerships. Hope that's not too much of a mouthful. No, it's great. Uh, and yeah, there's there's a lot we could dig into there. We're going to talk more about the strategic partnerships angle. But yeah, for those that are interested, if you're listening, uh, obviously both both Paul and I come from you know uh, I I would say how do you praise it a faith background. Uh, both of us go pretty pretty deep in that. I, I grew up a pastor's kid, so I'm I'm fully on board with kind of that blend. Uh, I think there's a major gap in the market for uh, what would you call the Christian businessmen, Christian entrepreneurs. Uh, I don't think there's a lot out there, uh, specifically mastermind wise that comes at it and shows people how to build a business from that angle. Cause I do think it's, it's different. Um, mm -hmm. it's not our whole life. It's not, it doesn't, it shouldn't take up 99.9% .9 of our mental and emotional bandwidth. And that's kind of the constant drumbeat in entrepreneur land is that look, if it's, if you don't eat, sleep and breathe it all the time, all day, every day, you're, you're doing something wrong and it's only a matter of time until you fail. I fundamentally disagree with that notion. And the, 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 the big reason for that is I find completely the opposite to be the case in the history as recorded of the early church. Mm. Um, the Bible says things like they were all together in one accord. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I could point to that they're not coming to me right at the moment, but there's other scriptures that emphasize that true lasting success after the biblical pattern comes only in fellowship and working together with other people mm. as opposed to being just a one man island who does it all themselves and never takes a break that's that is not the biblical way yeah. of of doing anything ministry business i don't care what it is but we yeah. can talk more on that later <laughs> yeah i agree no it's uh so from my from myself and i guess my business and my life uh, apostle paul is kind of my template and as much of a, a loner as he might have been compared to the other guys that were hanging out in Jerusalem, like James and John and Peter and all those guys, uh, I would say Apostle Paul was a little bit more of a loner, but not, you know, like I think his circle was just smaller. Uh, he traveled a lot, but he usually had a traveling companion. He had Timothy, he had Luke. I mean, that's, that's why we have the book of Acts. That's why we have a bunch of Paul's letters is most of those he didn't write with his own hand, which he actually says in scripture, you know, he always had somebody with him. Yeah. Uh, and his big thing was like, Hey, let's, let's go into a new place. Let's raise something new up. Let's find the leader. Let's install the leader. And then I'm going to leave and do it all over again. But, and then I'm going to coach them essentially from a distance. So I would say apostle Paul is probably one of the first, what we would look at as Christian business coaches or something like that, you know, coaching churches remotely through content, you know, the letters, which is how we got the new Testament. So it is interesting. So anyway, I, I kind of, that's, that's my, that's my two cents on that is I completely agree. Um, yeah. So let's uh, let's get into the strategic partnership because both you and I have a similar skill set. We love to connect. We love to introduce people. You're you're amazing at it. I just got an introduction from you yesterday, literally, as we're recording this. Um, and uh, so I'm curious, just kind of how you came to that, and then we'll get into kind of how to monetize it and stuff like that. But what what drew you to that approach? Well, you know, six years in the insurance business taught me one thing that applied no matter. Uh, no matter the, the situation I was in, and that is nobody wanted to talk about insurance. Yeah. Right. So how do you sell a product? Nobody wants to talk about. Mm -hmm. And of course, the, 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 the casual answer is you sell yourself instead of the product. But what I, what that meant to me was I have to put something forward that is, 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 is inherently valuable to the people who are receiving it. Mm hmm and if I don't have a way to do that, or if I can't think of a way to do that, um, then I'm going to have quite the failure rate, um, probably more than it's worth persisting in this line of work. Mm -hmm. 
Luckily, I was traveling almost exclusively among business owners or at events where I could offer something that people wanted Mm -hmm. in exchange for the opportunity to talk to them and let them get to know me just a little bit and, and make a decision whether or not they wanted to continue a relationship with me. Okay. So in over the course of this, I figured out that business owners, salespeople, marketers, all the people I would encounter on a daily basis going to and from various networking groups and, and civic associations and nonprofits and all that kind of thing, they all had a very similar problem to the problem I had. How do I get more people in front of me to thereby get more opportunities to close more sales and make more money? Right. That's the that's the baseline problem that that is the 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 chagrin of every business owner, marketer, salesperson. Mm -hmm. And I was able to synthesize information to draw upon my experience, to draw upon my biblical background and teach it in a very practical manner. First, I did it with little 12 to 15 minute seminars Mm -hmm. I started doing it online. I started becoming a ubiquitous presence in via social media as well as in person with this group of business people in Olympia. Mm-hmm. I say all that, Matt, to say that from that, I started to be able to see things before they happened. I started to be able to look at the at two ends of a room, see one person on one end of it and the other person on the other end and say, I need to get those two together because they can help each other. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They didn't know that. They might not even have been acquainted with each other. But I was the common thread. I was the broker, if you will, of the relationship. Mm-hmm. As I kept doing this, I started to say, you know, I'm brokering some really profitable stuff here because mm-hmm. I'm listening to it, right? I'm, I'm organizing this monthly poker game. We get together and we smoke cigars and we play Texas Hold'em. Mm-hmm. And I would hear real estate brokers and, and attorneys and all these people who came talking to each other and saying, give me a call on Monday about that deal. And later on I would find out, Oh yeah, that was for a half a million dollar home up on the Northwest side of Olympia and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that. And I'm like, you know, I would have liked to get a, get a finder's fee <laughs> <laughs> because those two didn't know each other hey, apart we're, we're from big on that. Yeah. Uh, they didn't know each other apart from having been introduced over the poker table. Okay. So this kept evolving for me and I kept saying, there's something to this. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to find out one day. And sure enough, I keep pursuing it. I keep investing in it. I keep, you know, biting the bullet and buying into coaching programs and, uh, and masterminds. And eventually I get connected with people who are 10, 15 steps down the road from where I, where I want to be. Right. And I find out, oh, there really is a way to monetize this. There really is a way to be that hub between person A and person B that in the end, when those two come together and business takes place, you just sort of walk away holding your back pocket open and money falls into it. Mm -hmm. And um, if you think about it, if it's true that even the most introverted among us, you know, has some degree of of a sphere of influence, shall we say, uh, friendships and people that we know uh, through business or through work, um, this... This has to be one of these, uh, it, there's a science to it, don't misunderstand, but, but this has to be one of the most easily accessible forms of making a living once you understand how to do it um, mm-hmm. that's available to us. Because all you got to do is shake hands and, you know, kiss babies and <laughs> be kind of like a politician. <laughs> right. <laughs> On a good way. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, uh, it reminds me of, 
there's a great book by Jay Abraham, uh, How to Get Everything You Can Out of All You've Got. Hopefully I didn't mm-hmm. screw up the, uh, the title of that. One of my, uh, one of my favorite, you know, I, I basically revisited about once a year. I, I came across it probably four years ago through my mentor at the old agency I worked for. And um, Jay Abraham is that guy who he has a sales and marketing skill set, but then he also has that strategic connecting skill set, I, I believe, too. And part of it's the, the vision, right? So because he, has, because he has a good marketing mind and, and a good mind for business, he can see those opportunities and he can see where he can step in or where somebody else can step in or he can make an introduction or something. Like he can basically add, figure out a way to add value to where it will solve a problem in somebody's business or life. And he can see the growth potential that would come from getting that problem solved. Mm-hmm. And then he can find a way and come in and say, hey, I think, I think I can help you in this way. If I help you in this way, you know, can I get a piece of the upside? And you, know, you essentially like, hey, if, if, if it doesn't work, we'll cap the downside. Like I'll take the loss. It's, it's my, and, you know, I'm investing my reputation. I'm investing my time. But that, that book really opened my eyes. And I, I don't think I've extracted anywhere near the value of those strategies. But mm-hmm. I, I am developing the skill set of being able to see the opportunities, which I think is the, yes. first, the first step, right? Uh, so anyways, yeah, so I, I love that. So if anybody's curious about that, like getting into that, that's a really good kind of a starting place book that I think will probably do the same thing for you, which, you know, for anyone that's listening is just kind of open your eyes and give you some ideas on, on how, to, how to spot the opportunities when they come. Because yeah, that, that is, uh, I think that's that definitely one of the first steps is understanding enough about business and kind of getting exposed to enough different types of businesses where you see what their problems are and you go, hmm, I know who can solve that problem. And then you figure out a way to introduce them. But then the question is, then how do you structure it so that you get a piece of it? And it's not just, okay, thanks, awesome. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, yeah. So no, that- there's definitely an art to that part of it. Well, and, and, you know, it it all goes back to scale because I mean, for example, recently a friend of mine, somebody I met in a group was looking for legal advice, right? Mm -hmm. And this legal advice would take all of maybe two billable hours, Mm -hmm. right? So maybe we're looking at $500. That's, I just, I just refer, I just recommend, I'm not even, you know, but if it's a, if it's a, if it's a commercial real estate deal worth half a million dollars, then I'm going to play that a little closer to the chest, you know, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to say, well, you know, I could, I could, I could conceivably say, would, would you mind giving me 5% of the winnings or 10%, you know, mm-hmm. totally different, totally different ball game. So yeah. just like you, you taught me about, um, bookings on podcasts, which we won't disclose too much of that for, uh, you know, but, but I'm just saying it, it, when I started approaching podcasts on par with my podcast, I started having a whole lot more success. Right. So yeah. Same principle. Yeah. And there was, um, there was another uh, quick line I wanted to go down. Um, when, when, you have, when you realize you have that skill set and you start to be able to see the opportunities and you, and you make the introduction, um, let's talk about how, like, how do you have those types of conversations, which is you, you've uncovered some deal. You feel like, okay, I can, I can put these two people together and I really feel like they'd be a good fit and they might do business together. They might even be good partners. And we'll talk about strategic partnerships in a second. But um, how, how do you make that, how do you approach that, you know, approach both players with the expectation that you're putting this together and expect to be compensated for putting it together in, in some sort of way so that it's not just an introduction, it's not just you being nice. It's like, hey, I, I believe I, ha- I can step into the gap here 
and essentially solve a legitimate business problem that I can spot. And, and all, all three sides agree that there's a problem here. And I'm that third side that can come in. And I believe by making this introduction, this connection, I can solve the problem. So how, I guess, how, how would you approach that, especially if you're new to that like having those types of high level conversations like that is not a that's not an easy entry level conversation to have with two business owners no no it's not and um and actually i i will be fully honest to say that i'm this is this is a a developing skill for me not a uh, not one where i have a tremendous amount of experience um kevin thompson who i just introduced to you will be able to tell you a lot more about that mm-hmm. i will say however that at a fundamental level the the skills of a journalist are very valuable when it comes to um, the person who is, I think this can go both ways, but usually I've found with the seller to be able to remember to ask who, what, where, when, why, how, right? In, in communication school, that's what we were taught about journalism. And I always find myself asking variables of those questions, right? So I'm saying, um, when, what's your time frame like for doing this? Mm-hmm. Who are you looking to meet? Don't tell me just, you know, Joe Schmo off the street. That's, that's not good enough. I want, to, I want to match you with the right person. Mm-hmm. Um, why are you looking to go this route? Why do you want this person in particular? Mm-hmm. What's the background? What, what have you, what's your thought process in pursuing this particular, I don't know, whatever it is you're selling or, or whatever deal you're looking to make. Um, also the negatives, you know, what's, what's happened in the past? What, why has this not worked for you before? Have yeah. you been, have you been burned? Did it, did it not uh, deliver quite like you expected? Mm-hmm. Those kind of questions. Um, and, and there, there, you, you and I would probably think, well, that's common sense, but common sense isn't so common. You know, a lot of people <laughs> don't true. think to ask those questions. Yeah when they're having the conversation. Yeah. So in my, in my book, for example, I, I, I tell people these three questions will get you talking with just about anybody and they're great starters. And it's, you know, it's what's going well for you lately. Mm. What's not going so well for you lately. And what are you looking forward to? Mm-hmm. You know, those three questions, yeah. I got them from Vince Delmonte. They're not mine. You know, mm-hmm. they're not his either. He probably stole them from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but you know, they, they work. Yeah. And, and they get people talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side of the equation, when you're talking to the person who would probably stand to benefit in terms of being paid for rendering a service, right? So you've got somebody looking for a service or a product and you've got the person who offers that. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin had a great way of saying this. And, and, and the key is always to remain thoroughly detached from it, just like a realtor or a business broker would. Because if you get invested in a deal and it goes south, you're going to repeat that mistake and you're going to end up emotionally wounding yourself. Yeah. So you have to be in a, in a, in a place where you can say, I'm going to refer you to this person either way, mm-hmm. right? Even if I don't get a cent out of it. I am going to refer you to this person because I know they can help you. Mm-hmm. But, but tell me how you feel about the idea. Tell me how you feel. If you feel, if you think, Paul, this is a ridiculous idea. I'm not sharing a dime with you. I, and I don't want I don't want, you know, tell me that. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me how you feel about the idea of giving me a percentage of the winnings, right? Mm-hmm. 
um, what, you know, and, 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 and tell me if that changes at any time, you know, mm -hmm. all of a sudden you've got 80 grand in medical bills and now you need every penny you can get. Tell me, mm -hmm. because one thing that keeps happening for me every single day of my life is I keep forming new relationships. So if this one doesn't give me the financial reward that we'd all like for me to get, I got, you know, <laughs> hundreds of other ones that are, that are in the process of doing the same thing. I'm not, I'm not hurting for cash. Yeah. Um, anyway, I hope that answers yeah. the question, but that's how yeah, that's I think, um, like when I look at that, when I look at like the, the strategy of having that conversation, the, the position that I would like to be in, if I were, if I were making that pitch to somebody is I would like to be able to say something like, look, I'm going to make the intro. I, I feel like I have somebody that can solve, solve your problem or, you know, that, that I can refer you to who can be helpful. And that may just get this one deal done or it may turn into a long-term partnership. I'm not quite sure, but I feel like you guys need to meet and I need to make that introduction. So that, that's going to happen. But there is another way beyond that where if the relationship where, where if you guys meet and talk and stuff like that and you feel like this, this is a good introduction, you want to deepen that relationship to the point where you actually maybe make a deal. Um, like I, here's, here's how I can add value. I have a strategy for structuring that deal or something like that. Like you, like you tell them like, Hey, the introduction is one chunk of value. I'm going to do that for free or something like that. And then I, I would want to have something beyond that where I say here, here's how I can add more value to where it might be worth bringing me in to actually get a piece of the upside because I can affect the upside by something other than just the introduction, whatever that is, that, that can be a lot of things like, Hey, I, I'm really good at analyzing marketing strengths and weaknesses in, in a, in a service business, for example. Right. So if I, if I were looking at me, like me personally, or, or let, let's say Jay Abraham's skill set, really, really good at analyzing where's the business at is it, is it sitting in a growing category? Is the category itself growing or not? Is it maturing? Like all those things that kind of determine whether a business has a shot, whether it's a high ceiling business, a low ceiling business, all that kind of thing. So if you have some, let's say you have a skill set like that, that would be my pitch is, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to make this introduction. But if you want me involved in a little bit deeper way of actually helping structure the deal, I've got a lot of experience in that. Partnerships are very odd and no lawyer is going to tell you this. They're, they're going to protect your, your downside legally. They're not really going to understand how to structure a partnership in the way that actually lines up the incentives exactly right so that this relationship does what you want it to do and solves the problem in the business. Um, so for example, there, I was just talking to my coach about this this morning and he's gone super, super deep into, um, the work of David Maester, who is like, mm -hmm. like the Peter Drucker of law and accounting firms. Like he's, he's the guy that literally wrote the book on how to manage a professional service firm. So he's got all this material on the right structure for partnerships and lining up your incentives and understanding the goals of each of the individual partners and stuff. Uh, so let's say you went out and, and developed that skill set, right? So you have this other way to add value besides the introduction. To me, that makes the conversation a, not only a lot easier, but it makes, it makes sense to the other people, to both sides, the parties to go, oh well, yeah, that, you know, like you're going to help us structure the deal and help us make sure that our partnership is aligned correctly, um, you know, and, and protect, you know, not just protect the downside like a lawyer would, but actually make sure that the upside is set up to do what you think it is, uh, what we have, what it has the potential to do and make sure that everything is structured right. To me, that would be absolutely worth bringing that person in, not just to make the introduction, but to help the relationship get kicked off in the right way. Uh, you're further ahead on this than I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but who's, um, who's interviewing who here? <laughs> <laughs> but I, like, I just think about like, it's, it, it all comes from the conversations I've had with my coach about like understanding really deeply 
the ROI. So there, here's, uh, here's one thing that bothers me. If you get into the coaching world, the business coaching world, and I'm sure you've run across this before, um, with the idea that you should just, well, just, you know, like just double your fees because you're worth it. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's a lot of that out there. Right. And, and that's a very, like, that's a very easy message. They're like, yeah, I, you know, like everybody wants to be told they deserve to make more money. Who doesn't? Everybody that works at McDonald's believes they deserve 30 bucks an hour. The market yeah. doesn't bear that because the cheeseburgers would be $15 a pop, but that's okay. But to me, like, I, I think we're a little bit like in this business coaching world, we're a little bit removed from that where we think that the business coaching, the, 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 like the value that we deliver in this kind of wild west of entrepreneurship and stuff is basically like, hey, whatever the market is willing to bear is what I should charge. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think it, got, it kind of goes back to both of our roots in, in the church. I don't think that's true. No. I think that like what we charge, whether it's a percentage off of an introduction or whether we're just straight up charging for business coaching or something, I, I do think it needs to be tied to something real. And my business coach laid it out for me. He said, yeah, it's the, it's the ROI. What is the return that you're delivering for the client? And they have to agree that if you deliver $100,000 in return, that you're worth $20,000. Like, so if you're, if you're going to charge 20% of a deal, they have to agree, yes, this deal, and if everything goes according to plan, this deal is worth $100,000 to my bottom line. Great. Yes. Well, if we, if we both agree that's true, I believe that introduction is worth $20,000. Would you, does that sound fair, right? Because it's a percentage of the return that you're delivering to them. So anyway, that, that's, that's, I've been looking through more of that lens and it's helped me to kind of justify my fees. So it, it's, it's completely transformed the conversation I have uh, with incoming clients. Um, and if I was having that conversation with like making an introduction, that, that's where I would turn um, to kind of have that yeah. conversation about why, why would you want to pay me a percentage to make this, this connection, if that makes sense. No, you're right. And, and actually that, that stirred something that I had forgotten about um, which is, which is essentially the same thing, which is, um, oftentimes in the preliminary conversations as, as people begin to open up about these things with you, when you're, <clears throat> when you're discovering the needs and unearthing mm-hmm. the motivations and what's, what's behind their desire to do whatever they're doing, right. That you're pre- presenting yourself as an asset and helping them to accomplish, mm-hmm. um, m- many times you know, again, this this is not something you just come out and ask, but you wait for the right moment to do it. But you you end up drilling down on, oh, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to increase my business by this much. Okay, well, let's suppose for a moment that you did that. Mm-hmm. What would you do with the re- with the desired outcome being fulfilled? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What does that translate into for you, for your family, for things you care about? And as, as they begin to focus on the, um, the, the capacity, the increased bandwidth that they would have mm-hmm. as a result of a successful outcome, right? You're helping them to see, you're helping them to cement the necessity of finding the opportunity to, to make it happen. So yeah, I like that. not exactly the same thing as what you're talking about, yeah. but, but sort of synonymous. It's funny because you say that, because that reminds me of another three question structure that I stole from somebody else, which I'll, which I'll give to everybody here, which is, uh, it was... Uh, this is from uh, Joel Rico, who does a course, and I, I hope I get the, the, the name right. It's either the language of sales or the truth about sales, and it's, it's the application of NLP, which I'm not necessarily a big fan of, but in this context, I think he's right. 
It's the application of NLP to, to sales conversations. Mm-hmm. And he just, he gives a very, very simple three question structure and it's basically digging down into people's goals. So when you have that type of conversation and they say, yeah, like I'm looking to, to grow my business by 30% next year. And if mm-hmm. I, I'm going to try not butcher it, but it's something like this. Okay. So what had like, how, how does that, how does that impact you? Right. If, if that works, like how, how does that, how does that work? What does it do? And then the next one is, okay, well, what, what, what type of impact does that have? And then the third one is, why is that important? And he says, usually if you ask the first two questions correctly, by the time you get to the why, you, if it's really important to them, you'll get them to the point of tears. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause it really, yeah, he yeah. says the same thing, except yeah. he has like the seven levels deep thing for it. But yeah. <laughs> you just keep, you keep drilling down on those things. Cause I think, especially in today's age, um, with the, the way it feels that everyone feels pressed for time to even think, mm-hmm. but if you can get someone to think that deeply and that thoroughly about what their true motives are, mm-hmm. um, it creates, I have a friend I'm going to be interviewing soon, John Fysandier, and he, and he is, specializes in this, this critical emotional moment in a sales conversation. He teaches people how to identify it, how to see if it's happening or not, and what to do with it once it, once it pops up. That's where, you're, that's where you're looking to go is when their intellect and their heart um, converge into one because at that point, there's no stopping them from proceeding. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to find out more about that. I don't know that I'm always the best at stirring up emotion in a sales conversation. What's funny <laughs> is I, <laughs> well, you so both. <laughs> what's interesting about me, and, and this might apply to you too, I've, I've, I've definitely noticed it about myself, is because I sell a service where ideally I want to keep them as a client for 18 to 24 months. Now, at some point, we're probably going to help them like in my case, we're producing their podcast. I, I want to I launch the right show for them, get the strategy all right, get all that button down. Then I want to work with them for 18 to 24 months to actually produce and crank out their podcast rhythmically every single week. And because of that, because I know it's such a long-term relationship and the time horizon is long before they start to not see any results, but start to really feel the momentum under their feet right? They, there's quick wins along the way. And there's, there's, we have strategies for that and stuff like that. But I know that this is a long-term relationship. Because, so because of that, I almost don't want to, like, I, I reject the idea that the goal of a sales conversation is to stir up emotion, get them to, to agree to something they wouldn't have agreed to otherwise, because I know that that emotion goes like that. It's like a bell curve. So if they, if they hit the top of the bell curve when they're on the sales conversation with me, they're going to be at the bottom of the sales curve, you know, of that bell curve, like a month or two in when we're trying to get them to get the last few things we need from them to launch their show. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, so it is interesting. Like it's like how you handle those types of conversations and the, the emotional part is incredibly important. So I'd love to learn more about like how, how his perspective on it, because I do have kind of a different outlook on on emotion in the sales process, but I, I do agree for a hundred percent for sure. When you're having those conversations with like potential strategic partners and you're like looking at introducing people, yeah, you want to get down to, okay, what's your real goal? And you want to dig, you know, at least a few layers deep, whether it's three layers or seven layers, it's so important because what people will tell you is their goal is usually not actually their goal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. introductions that don't go anywhere because you didn't actually get down to what they really wanted. Oh, I've been through it so many times, Matt. And I can tell you the other thing that's, um, that was a, a surprise awakening for me because not because I didn't know it, but because I thought I knew it and I didn't. Um, okay. and, and that is, you know, we've all heard 
sayings like you are not your customer. Mm -hmm. But just like when I, when I'm able to zoom out and watch my wife and my sons argue with each other, but not have the same perspective when I am the one in the argument, Mm -hmm. right? Um, we need to be able to somehow detach from ourselves and, and, you know, whether it's recording or whether just somehow observing how we're responding and reacting to people. And also, are we addressing what that person, what is, what is really going on for that person? Cause they're never, you're right. They're never going to show it most of the time. Yeah. Right. Most people don't Not easily. Most, some people are more open than others, but nobody is a completely open book. Hmm. And if and in and in this day and age, if you especially if all you want to do is tread in the shallow end with people, that's you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You have to be able to get out there in the deep end and and hold your own. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent agree. Uh, it's yeah, the the I might do this someday, but I do think somebody needs to make a course on how to talk to entrepreneurs. Just, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. just communication, uh, because yeah, it's it's one of the it's one of the hardest things. Like I've watched my my uh, buddy here in San Diego, the the uh, guy who runs the agency I used to work for. I've watched him grow it and like turn over his sales process multiple times. Like I I I started when he was doing the sales calls. The guy who trained me and I took over his clients is the one that took the sales calls from the founder, and then now they've passed it on. I think th- maybe three more times uh, since then over the last five years. And so the sales process has gotten more and more systematic over time because you can't hire somebody off the street for 50 grand a year, sometimes even hundred grand a year that know how to talk to an entrepreneur. The yes. founder can talk to them entrepreneur to entrepreneur. You know what I'm saying? Like it, you have to, like you have to be in it. And I, I remember him saying one time, this is when I still worked from, and it was partially in the context of marketing, but it applies to ever to just being an entrepreneur. He said, Johnson, like you will never be as good as me. I'm like, gee, please bestow your wisdom upon me. Tell me why I'm not going to be as good as you. He says, because you're not the founder. He's like, yeah. just, like, you're working for me. Like all the pressure doesn't rest on you. It's not, you're not spending your own money to get results. And the conversations that you're having, like everything doesn't rest on you. He says, so when I do a sales call, I do it completely different than I would teach somebody else to do it because I'm having a different conversation. It's one of the hardest things to teach. And for, I think people that are starting out, in kind of this world of connecting and introducing people and building relationships and stuff like that. Uh, if we could arm them with the ability to speak to entrepreneurs the way they expect to be spoken to, mm-hmm. it would make things a lot easier and a lot more things would get done just by people understanding better how to speak to other entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a very simplistic example, but one that, that came to mind as you were talking, you know, I, um, when I started doing presentations on this stuff, there were entrepreneurs in that audience who a couple of weeks after I'd give the presentation would approach me and say, I tried out what you taught and it worked. Mm-hmm. And, and that was really, really valuable. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. But then there would be other ones that, I, you know, they'd sit there, they'd watch, I'd, I'd make eye contact, they'd smile, they applaud at the end and then never, never breathe a word about it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess is my way of saying, I, I agree, it would be great to have a, a, a course on how to talk to entrepreneurs. The problem is, again, those personality types and their varying shades of gray. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's not really universal. It, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, there are 
general themes that you can always fall back on, but boy, you know, it, 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 you're, you're catching them almost depending on how much time you have, but you may have no more than a few minutes. You're catching them literally in a snapshot yeah. of a, a moving picture that is an awful lot longer. So. That is, yeah, that is true. Yeah. That's one of the things I like about meeting people through podcasting, uh, more so than even meeting them in person, even though it, you, theoretically you get so much more input, you know, body language and how people carry themselves and stuff like that. And you do and that on a human level, that's true. The problem is meeting people in person. You're exactly right. You end up getting this really short snapshot of what they're like in just a few minutes, you know, like you're at an event, you might get four or five minutes with somebody as opposed to a podcast episode where you and I are sitting down and I feel like I know you way better than if you and I had met in person, uh, but we only got a few minutes to chat in between sessions or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, th- I do think we need to keep that in mind. Like we're, we're just, you know, like when you're meeting people and kind of building relationships and stuff, it is just a snapshot. Uh, and it's, you know, we still have to, uh, that's why it's so great to have a podcast because then you can invite them onto your show and have that deeper conversation where you can learn a, bit, a little bit more about them Mm-hmm. Strip away a little bit of the the bravado, so to speak, and get down to you know what do you really want? What's your you know um, what's going well? What's not going well? That kind of thing. Get them to open up a little bit uh, and dig into where you get more of an honest answer on where the gaps are in their life and their business, where you might be able to help fill that with an introduction. Mm, yes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. So that's that's part of why I like just even even just having a podcast, even if there were no listeners, it would be super valuable just for the fact that you can invite people on that you meet in person or or that you're briefly introduced to or something like that, and just have a more in depth conversation. That's that's one of my favorite parts about podcasting is just that that level of conversation with people. You know? Yeah, for sure. And, and, and not, you know, I think I've talked about this with you before, but the fact that hundreds or thousands of people get to eavesdrop on it, mm-hmm. um, multiplies the value. I use, mm-hmm. I used this analogy in a show I was on the other day and I said, you know, you got a candle, completely dark room full of a hundred people all standing there with a candle, but only one has a flame. Well, mm-hmm. we can change that real quick, right? In other words, we can multiply the value to other people. And that's what makes this right. a very valuable uh, context in which to make introductions or, f- or further relations with people. Yeah. Because um, in addition to having the, the um, privacy and the non-privacy of the interview, mm-hmm. we're also doing it in a journalistic context. And if you go back to what we were talking about earlier with the who, what, where, when, why, and how, yeah, we don't we're not being, this is not gotcha muckraking journalism, you know, it's, <laughs> right. it's a positive, <laughs> right. It's a positive interview. Okay. But nonetheless, it, you, it relies on those same fundamentals, which mm-hmm. gets people to think about the most critical descriptive and category categorical, um, uh, aspects of their life, their business, whatever you're talking about. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so we we've covered a ton, and you kind of answered like the the question I was going to save. Just kind of this the, one of the surprising things that you've learned from building relationships. We ended up talking about that already. Um, so let's do this. Let's shift gears just real quick at the end. And what's the best way for people to get connected? You've got the book, you've got the podcast, and then like just how do people get into your world? Get get into your email list and so forth. The most direct way is thepaulsedwards.com. That's Paul S as in Simon, which is actually my middle name. I can I used to call myself Paul Simon when I was on the radio. <laughs> uh, not the Paul Simon, but a Paul Simon. Okay. 
But in this case, I am thepaulsedwards.com. And uh, for all of your listeners who are interested, um, and if they, if they subscribe, they will get a free copy of Business Beyond Business. It'll come directly to their email. Uh, if you don't want to subscribe, I'm totally fine with that. Reach out to me on Facebook or something like that. I don't do spam heavy mm. email marketing, but uh, yeah. but I do send out a, a a digest sort of thing about what I'm up to and the latest episodes on influencer networking secrets, uh, including where you can find a great interview with the legendary Matt Johnson himself. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so if you just want more of me, go check out Paul's podcast. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Well, Paul, this is a blast as always. Uh, Thanks so much for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure, Matt. Thanks for having me. Hey, Rockstars. Thank you so much. I appreciate you investing your time, your effort, your energy into the show. Uh, I don't take that lightly. I so appreciate uh, you all listening and the feedback that I get from those of you who listen and engage with the show. Uh, Whether you agree or disagree with the things we talk about, I love hearing from you. So please reach out. And if you are in the audience and you're a business coach, a consultant, or you're in creative services, and you're thinking about using guest appearances on podcasts and interviews to boost your business, grow your brand, build more influence and attract ideal clients, or maybe you're watching other people in your space do that and you're wondering if this strategy will work for you and how to make that work, uh, I did a special training with a client, Dana Malstaff, uh, who runs the Boss Mom podcast, we produce her show, and we did a training all about that. And it's called How to Get Featured on the Right Podcast and get your ideal clients flocking to you. And a few of the things that we covered in that training, it's, it's short, it's content packed, it's only about 35 minutes long. And we talked about how to get featured on podcasts in less than two hours a week, how to find the exact right podcast for you and make friends with those podcast hosts, how to become micro famous so you're known, liked and trusted in your space and really how to, uh, how to craft a story hook uh, that really gets the attention of podcast hosts and gets them to say yes when you reach out and pitch yourself as a guest. And so we talk about all that and a bunch more in that training. So it's available at howtogetfeatured.com. That's howtogetfeatured.com. Pop your information in there. It's free and you get it in you know, instant access to watch. You don't have to wait for a follow-up email. You don't have to wait for a fake webinar that's not actually live. None of that. It's a recorded training. You get instant access. So go check it out. I'd appreciate it. And I've said it before on previous episodes. This is my number one marketing strategy for myself for 2019. And I learned a lot of these things in the process of building the system for myself and my staff to pitch me as a expert guest on podcasts. And whenever somebody, whether it's one of my own clients or my friends and peers and colleagues in the space that we all run in, it's my number one recommendation for them to, to grow their brand, build their influence and attract ideal clients. So if that's you and you want more of that, go check that out. That's at howtogetfeatured.com. Thanks again so much. And we'll see you on the next episode of the UX podcast.